just is throwing down with Justin Lilly. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Throwing down. Hey everyone, welcome to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. And we are just going to jump right in today. Right in, right in, right in. A bunch of different topics we're gonna not take a break from, but switch to some other things other than yelling about college football and coronavirus for the time <laughs> being, at least for this week. Yelled about coronavirus for like weeks now. I know, it's all we talk about, which we're still going to talk about, obviously, because you can't not talk about it. It is literally the single thing that everybody is currently basing their lives around right now. So you can't go without talking about it. But we're going to get into some other stuff, too. Some some things are feeling a little normal now. I I mean, not normal, but sports almost, because, like, playoffs are here. Yeah, there is some sense of normalcy back. So now we have, rather than everything else to talk about, we can talk about some, like, playoff excitement and things like that. Things feel normal because it's August and people are arguing about whether or not baseball is dead. So it just feels like things are things are normal in the world, at least for like five minutes. And then you go outside and you're like, this is not normal. Yeah, and you're like, oh, wait, I forgot. I forgot. Um, okay, so I'm just going to just start talking about this and just jump right in. And this is like a little bit of a controversial thing. Um, and I, I completely understand why. I see both sides of it, all of that. However, we have to talk about this because it surrounds a lot of the things that Jess and I talk about here. So Boston Bruins kind of franchise goalie, Tuka Rask, opted out of the NHL playoffs um, in the middle of them, in the middle of the first round. Um, And obviously it kind of, not people weren't expecting it at all, I think, but they're, the team was saying that they are obviously privy to things before the public is and stuff, and so it doesn't come as this huge shock um but obviously right away there's a lot of backlash a lot of comments a lot of people that know everything about everything um and so the first kind of initial thought is the Bruins are now playing in the first round of the playoffs against the Carolina Hurricanes without their franchise goalie um and so I think to any team this would be a little bit of a cause for alarm however the um Halleck the Bruins backup goalie is an absolutely clutch goalie like there is no him as a goalie, there's absolutely no worry as to how he'll play um, from his record and how he's played in the past. Um, so, but I think the only kind of thing is, is that Rask is such a franchise player. He has a lot of playoff experience. He has the second highest save percentage at even strength, 939. Um, and Halleck doesn't have as much playoff experience as Rask has. Um, and I think that that's kind of the bigger issue that people might initially see out of this, but in the games he has played, both in the regular season and in playoffs, he is absolutely stellar. He has a 919 save percentage in the 31 games during the regular season. Um, And so I think the point here is that it, the only, not the only, but one of the big things that might quote unquote throw the Bruins off is just that it's a different goalie. It's their backup. It's not their um, starting goalie. Typically, but Halleck, for a backup goalie, has a lot of regular game, regular season experience. He has a lot of playoff experience. Um, and so the Bruins coach, Bruce Cassidy, said, we're not playing any different based on who's in net. 
And they have showed that they're not playing any different based on who's in net. In the games he has been playing, Halleck has been, again, absolutely stellar. The Bruins have been playing with a very characteristic intensity, and they have showed absolutely no signs of slowing down. I think they're going to do great in this first round of the playoffs and for things to come. But so the Bruins are fine. That's fine. The Bruins are doing great. Um, them, they're, they're starting goalie opting out of the season. While, he, while everyone wishes he was there, Halleck is, again, an amazing player. He's going to do great. Um, and this does, however, raise a much bigger question of a franchise player. One of the faces of the team has opted out in the middle of the playoffs. So that's kind of a big deal. And his reasons, it was nothing specific. Nothing had really happened or gone wrong, but it was just more so like, I want to be with my family. He has a newborn child. He has two young daughters. Um, And I think, again, no, no crisis had to happen for him to be like, I think I should be home with my family. And I think that this is huge um, for a couple of reasons. One being that, as we know, and as we talk about, as important as sports are to our lives, our culture, and how much they are a part of us, they, there is more than sports. Um, sports are a big defining thing of our society. But when it comes to athletes, we have to remember that they're also people. That's a big thing we believe in. Um, and so while sports are incredibly important to society and to people um, and to the way that we are in the world and they have a lot of great benefits and all that, and I can, the list goes on. But athletes have families. And I think that Rask choosing to be like, you know what? I j- it's just not worth it for me to be missing out on this time with my family when there's just all this going on. And I think that that's huge. And so I think for he's not a backup player he's not like he's not a bench player he's not like a third string quarterback like this is their this is their goalie and he said you know what maybe we win a stanley cup but i just need to be home with my family and i think that's extremely admirable and people are gonna have their opinions no matter what but i think that this kind of leads me to the question for you jess and for us to discuss is that like as the nfl season approaches as we get deeper into um, mlb season uh, the MLB season, uh, and we see a franchise player opting out like this in the middle of the playoffs, and the team's all right because of it, or as a in in result to that. Does this give athletes um, a different perspective, and maybe even giving them more support in a similar decision that they might be making? So here's like the whole thing about this is it's a change of priorities for athletes which I think will in effect change the way that some fans prioritize sports like in their own lives and and like you can take a step back in these times we went so long without sports now we have it back but like we said there's some normalcy but it's still completely different we're still watching sports with no fans listening to fake fan noise and things like that and it's just strange so, I mean, when you have a player like um, Rass coming coming out and saying, like, I'm not going to play anymore in the middle of game three out of the seven game, the best of seven series, it's kind of strange because it's like, oh, why didn't you do this, like, a couple yeah. games ago? You know, because then it's like, now you really see, you bring playoffs into it and you're like, okay, now this is really important. Like, this just ain't some team that was about to get knocked out anyway. And he just said, well, I'm just going to go home um, because – it just like everything was on the line for not everything, but there were things on the line for them. There was a season on the line for them. And like, obviously, like you mentioned, they're still going to be fine. But for him, it's like, why wouldn't you just kind of take the leadership role as a team member and play? And it sounds like 
that everyone's cool with him doing that. The Bruins as an organization kind of knew where it was coming. Like they weren't really caught by surprise. Seemed like everyone did the right thing that to make the best happen from this, this news. But it's interesting, like I said, because people are going to be changing what they prioritize. And we see this across all sports. We talked about college sports last time and everyone, we are kind of applauding athletes, whatever you, whether you agree or disagree with our thoughts on college football, we are now seeing student athletes open up to this platform. And I think social media and things like that are a great tool for athletes, student athletes and professional athletes to use to interact with fans. So they have their voice and that platform. And, you know, it's a great thing to see all like athletes taking a stand for what they want to do and not just sticking to their sport and being vocal, which is something we applaud here. That's the reason why we're doing this podcast in the first place. And then we have student athletes now sticking up for themselves and voicing their opinions, whether they think that they should be compensated or they just want to play football or maybe they don't. And they just want to make sure the NCAA is on their side, which disclaimer it's not. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I think it's a great shift and like, it's just, Rass doing this is like one small example of the cultural shift that we're going through in sports right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because of coronavirus, but also not. But I mean, coronavirus helps shine a light on all these underlying issues that we as people who studied sports um, and would like to cover it professionally one day, um, we notice. And now I feel like when things like this happen, fans who just watch the sport as a hobby um are noticing now too and they I think it will like affect them you know and I think the same thing similarly with this I think of like when we see our favorite athletes like wearing masks and stuff like you know in the bubble and stuff like that it just is more of a reason for everyday fans who admire these people to use them as role models in their lives and wear masks or whatever and that's the same way I felt about athletes you know when they have to be morally good people because they set an example in society I mean it's just prioritizing things right now that you not like you never really prioritize, but it's like more important to you. It's the little things that matter. It's the fact that he has a newborn child and he just wants to go home and be with his family and probably have a nice meal, you know, and sit down <laughs> at the table with them. Like, not like they're not having nice meals, but you know, family time. Yeah. And I think it's something that um, it's like heartwarming to kind of watch, even though, I mean, I'm sure if you're a Bruins fan, you might be a little pissed off. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's like, I think the really, for lack of a better term, cool thing about this RAS situation is just that, like, it doesn't leave the Bruins high and dry because they do have a great backup, because Halleck is a great mm-hmm. backup goalie. And so I think that, like, and it wasn't, like, messed up. Like, they kind of knew what was going on. Yeah, so exactly. There I wasn't, was, like, it was done it civilly. It was, like, unprofessional of him, because at the end yeah. of the day, this is still a business like we talk about, mm-hmm. and this opt-out is going to affect him and the organization um, financially, you know, so, I yeah. mean. But I think the whole thing is that, like, you see this happening and like, again, the kids are kind of all right because of it or not because of it, but like in result to this, like I said earlier, like it's, things are still okay. And I think that that, like, we've talked a lot about how like our opt-outs and and coronavirus tests and like positive cases are things like that going to affect like the level of play, like the level of competition. Um, and I think this is a, a unique and kind of interesting example, especially happening when it's happening with the NFL season quickly approaching that, it kind of shows that like maybe we're not giving backups enough credit and maybe it's not, and it goes with the nets too, like the nets playing their bench. It's like, 
there's a lot of really cool things that come out of maybe not having your star players um, be out there all the time. And I think in that same way, so it's like, will it affect the level of competition? Maybe, but it might give us a completely like new slate of competition, which would also be really cool and entertaining. And I like think it also, you watch out, you know? Yeah. I think it's also just like, you see like, are like, might other athletes see this and be like, wow, it's really interesting that he did it. He tried it. And then after being into it for a little bit was like, you know what? I'm just realizing that I need to be home with my family. Does that maybe like to other athletes that are kind of coming to terms with a decision like that, does that maybe push them to be like, okay, he tried it and decided that it was more important for him to be home with his family. Maybe that leads other athletes to make the decision that I should be home with my family. So I think it's really interesting timing. I think it's, I think the Bruins are, again, it's less about the Bruins and more about like what opting out means. Yeah. Um, but I think kind of like you mentioned, we're like, we see the culture of it and we see like all that goes into it and how like, again, like in sports writing, you read so much and you see so many people write about like profiles of athletes and like you learn so much more about them other than what they do on the court or the eyes of the field or whatever. Yeah. And I think the casual sp sports fan sees sports as this one dimensional thing. But when you just go a little deeper, you see absolutely everything that goes into it from the business side, from the human element side, all of that, from the culture side, the, like all of that. And I think it gives you, I think it makes it more fun, honestly. Um, yeah, because and, I mean, yeah. it gives a face to like the number. I mean, you yeah. know, and it's actually kind of funny because I always say like, it's really easy to be like a, a basketball player and to kind of be marketable like that. But I think, and for hockey, it's a little different because, you know, you're wearing uh, your protective gear and stuff mm -hmm. in your helmet and you're, you can't really see their faces as much as you would see the faces of like, you know, and I mean, baseball too, even baseball and, and basketball, you see their faces more often, but I mean, you just, when you have all these other elements behind just their stats and their jersey number and what team they rep, like it opens the door to a whole new side of fandom, uh, which yeah. is, I think, great. And a lot of fans should dive into, you know, being a fan of like one person and what that person kind of stands mm -hmm. for outside of Completely the organization agree. that they are working for, really. Um, mm -hmm. Because you know, then you have like, you follow them on social media, you know, you get on their Twitter, their Instagram, and they, they're actually very, some athletes are different than others. Some are over, like overshare, not overshare, but they give you, they, and they tell you what's on their mind. You never have any idea about other people or closed doors. And that's totally fine because that's their choice. And then that, even just knowing that, like mm -hmm. that one athlete doesn't like social media and the other one does, it tells you so much more than would turning on a game and like. Yeah, and I think it gives you like more insight into like, oh, that's where their intensity comes from or like all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, um, like what's motivating them? Like what's yeah. the fire in their life? And you know, and exactly. Out that Rask's fire in his life is his family and mm -hmm. he will do anything for them. And I think So like, great. I think it'll be interesting to see if any, what if any effect this kind of has. Um, not that it'll have a direct effect, but like, it's just an interesting thing to see. It's a very interesting story, and I guess we'll see how it kind of works out. But on As the like the NHL playoffs unfold, <laughs> yes, and getting into like we're talking about like the kind of more personal side of sports or whatever. Let's let's make we're gonna get personal for a second. This is now personal. This let's is the Michael Jordan. This is Michael Jordan, and I took that personally. <laughs> so personally, <laughs> last night or two nights ago, because. We're talking on a Tuesday, and this will be out on Wednesday. Um, there was a 
at bat that happened in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, where Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, swung his bat when the count was 3-0. and And he hit a grand slam. The Padres were up 10-3 to at the time. So, uh, or they, it, it took that. Yeah, they were up 10-3 to at the time. And he, yeah. he swung at 3-0. and Which, as if you've been on Twitter in 24 hours, um, is one of the unwritten rules of baseball. And so we're going to talk a little bit about unwritten rules of baseball. I'm holding the mic now and leaning back because we're just going to get into this. We're going to get into it. We're just going to get into this. Let's talk unwritten rules. Like disclaimer, baseball fans, like the fan base is one of the most passionate fan groups I've ever like witnessed and interacted with um, because it's so like, it's like a, you, it's like untouchable almost, you know, we've been having oh, a conversation mean, like, of like, how do we change baseball? No, you don't change baseball. Like, this is how you do change yeah. baseball. And both sides are so like informative and passionate. Neither and- side will budge. And yeah. each side is like Weird so shocking. Thing. I mean, I, mean I, I don't have the answers either. I ate dinner last night and came back to like 35 texts about who's going to buy the Met. And I was just like, I'm not going to read that because I can't get into it right now. It's crazy. Um, and, and it's so awesome. I freaking love it. Like, it's so fun to talk about. And my peers that are diehard baseball fans, I freaking could listen to them talk about baseball literally all day. Yeah. And it's just crazy that something as I, and see, here's my thing. I want to say something as simple as, and then all the baseball stands that are listening to this right now are going to be simple. It's not that simple. Crazy. Like, who is this chick? It's just like, it's interesting. And it's so entertaining. And let's get into it, Lily. Okay. So basically. What do you think about this? Okay. So here's the thing. Again, it's so, like, there's so much we could say just because like, baseball twitter is absolutely absolutely erupting over this but basically the quote-unquote unwritten rule he broke and there's a lot of unwritten rules in baseball is that you don't swing when it's a 3-0 count when your team's ahead there's like obviously there's like ifs ands or buts to the rule but the general thing is your team's up it's a 3-0 count you don't swing you just try to take the ball um but then you hit a grand slam and like (laughs) What? Like, did you think he was kind of like rubbing in their face? Like, I don't think there was any hate. So basically, there's two schools of thought that I see like why people have an issue with this. And one of them is like, you don't hit the grand slam when it's a 3-0 count because you don't rub it in their face because you're already up 10-3 or whatever. Uh, And the other thing is like, you don't swing when it's 3-0 because like, even if there's a strike, even if in not swinging, it's a strike, um, which like, I mean, I don't know the exact statistics behind it but like if they's already thrown three balls chances are the next one might be a ball so don't swing because even if it's a strike then it's a three and one count yeah um but i am team so i'm i'm weird because like i i really like history and so like i really enjoy like the i know i know (laughs) i really enjoy like a lot of classic like traditional baseball things and like i think one of the classic traditional baseball things I enjoy is just like baseball. Um, like I just like like I like listening. Um, you're gonna make fun of me for this forever. I really like listening to baseball games on. I like listening to them on the radio because I feel like that to me is like how 
how baseball games are like intended to be. And I think it's like when I was a kid and I would like, I would go to the well, beach. That's what the they time. say. That's how it was kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's how it is. And when I was like a kid, we'd go to the beach and we'd have the Red Sox game on the radio all the time. So that's just like, I love it. That's just it's me. But I'm also team like, let's be like let's have fun with baseball like we don't have to be rigid in these rules like there's a ton of different generations and And you want more people to watch it guess what make it more interesting the nba's so like there's always something happening there's always something to talk about there's always something crazy happening and that's why people love it people just like basketball but people that aren't people that are just casual basketball fans love the nba because there's always something cool going on like there's always something exciting happening and Baseball does have exciting things happening, but I think casual baseball fans don't um, play into those or give into those as much as like hardcore baseball fans do. So here's my thing about this situation. Um, I'm like, I don't care by it. Also, again, if you couldn't tell, I'm not a diehard baseball fan. So there's that. But also here's why I don't really care about it. And I think um, it's kind of okay with me. Uh, one, he's 21 years old, so he's a pretty young baseball player. And when we think about all, like, these days, how I mentioned there's different generations of athletes and fans, I think that this gen- the generation that we're in and the athletes we're going to, like, grow up covering, um, we have fantasy baseball. We have sports analytics now. We have – all of this knowledge and different ways to admire sports itself. Like if you're a numbers person, you freaking love baseball because it works out well that way. And if you're playing fantasy baseball, it's more of a reason for you to turn on the TV to watch baseball, which in the end I think is better for baseball itself to increase in its fan base. So I don't really think it's that bad because, I mean, it's just getting – all the like more reason for people to get into it you know if he didn't take that swing it would have been it would have just been another inning like you know what I mean you wouldn't be sitting here talking about it there wouldn't be any drama we wouldn't be talking about the Padres Rangers games we wouldn't there's no way you and I would decide to talk about a Padres Rangers regular season the fans the people listening you guys know me I freaking love the drama so I mean this is great but also like that's also why. So are these unwritten rules, do we need them? Like, why do we have unwritten are they rules? Stupid? I think it's kind of cool to have this generation of people who don't want baseball to change and then the exact opposite. Granted, we're not going to have this for a while. So it's like, it's very interesting to watch the two sides, but, and to yeah. see what's going to happen next. Like when it, are people like, gonna revert back to like old school baseball or are we just well, gonna like, keep pressing forward i think like the some of the unwritten rules like i'm not saying like abolish them have them but don't make it this like don't come for people when they break them because they're unwritten yeah. they're not you're not actually breaking a rule because it's an unwritten rule and right. for us to, so for us to talk about why unwritten rules are somewhat valid and somewhat stupid we're going to talk about a few of our favorites and least favorites. Okay. So Jess, what is your favorite unwritten rule of baseball? Okay. So my favorite is don't rub the spot where you were hit by a pitch uh, for the batter because I'm a very superstitious person. 
So I think that's really superstitious. Like, you, you think know, that's I mean? superstitious? I do. I do a little bit. Like, I don't really know why. I think it's more of just like. See, you strike me more as like a don't talk about a no hitter kind of kind of gal. Well, yeah, because that happens to me all the time. I am like <laughs> sitting down with my friends watching a sport and then jinxing everything. Um, so I didn't even want to touch that rule with like a You're like, like we're a, just I'm oh, that superstitious about that we're like, not gonna talk about it. <laughs> like I will I knock on wood ten times a day. Like Yeah, me too. Actually I say something. throw salt behind your shoulder when you spill <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but this is kind of just like don't rub the spot where you were hit by a pitch. It's like I don't know, because then maybe you'll just get hit by a pitch in that spot all the time. Or you'll get a really gnarly bruise. Either way, like kind of my favorite rule what's yours <laughs> um okay so my fave my favorite it's it's two but they these all kind of fall under the same category one being uh you don't admire the ball you don't admire a home run you hit like after you hit it and you don't steal bases when your team is ahead by by enough um the reason that these are my quote unquote favorites and i'm using the term favorite a little differently being that they're my favorite out of like I love when people break them and I think we should break them more because I so like the fact that it is a rule because for a rule to be broken, it has to be a rule first. kind of. And I think just like, and I think it's fun. Like, like when you, like I'm team, let the kids play. So when you hit a run, a home run, I love a good bat flip. I like you, sometimes I'll just watch like best bat flips on YouTube. Um, and finally text me at three in the morning. <laughs> you know, and also like the, the stealing a base thing, like stolen bases are freaking fun. Like watching someone steal a base is the most hard. exhilarating I thing. I love a good stolen base. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, go, 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 go. You're like, it, like the, and so like, if you ever watch four days in October, the Red Sox Yankees, like docu, docu, yeah, 30 for 30, whatever. I just tripped docu on my blah, words. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, one of the big things is the Dave Roberts stolen base there. And we all know how it ends, but every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? I'm like, ah, uh, uh, um. And so no, stolen bases are awesome. And admiring a home run you hit is awesome. So I think that those are like so So we're on the same page for that, that unwritten rule. Yeah. Like, I'll say that's my least favorite. Do not spend time admiring a home run. You okay, hit. we just interpreted the question differently. Exactly. Okay. Because I don't really like that it is a rule, period. Because, like, I think, okay. You should admire home run. You hit a home run. Like, I've been seeing people, like, on Twitter and stuff, like, oh, I could easily hit a home run. I'm like, no, you freaking can't. Like, I'll tell you that right now. You can't. So it's just, like, it's really hard to do. And it's, like, it's already over. You're in the clear. So, like, why are you rushing? Because also, like, I don't, you could admire it for a second or two, yeah. maybe three seconds. I mean, people could, think it's, it's like, like people stuck up or like, bases, yeah. like when they hit a home run anyway, I see them doing the slow jog, the slow jog. You know what I mean? So it's like, who cares? Like that same slow jog, like while you're admiring it go out, um, is different. Like, that slow jog is you kind of taking in everything that you just did, like that freaking awesome hit that you- You're really adding this like existential element to it and I kind of dig it. But it's just like, it's like- No, yeah. The whole aspect of their being of like their changed attitude after they hit a home run, like that confidence boost, like that's why people love home runs. And I mean, at least that's why I do. Because it's like, you take that freaking victory lap. 
you watch everyone's heads fall down to the ground in the outfield like damn I should have freaking tried for that like yeah all right so what's what's your least favorite favorite. that's my least favorite rule was oh okay yeah yeah that one spend time admiring when you a home run you hit because like I don't really think it should be a rule so this is my least favorite one and this and this is a true definition of least favorite is don't assist members of the opposing team and I just think this is like the absolute most childish stuck up unwritten rule anyone could ever come up with don't assist members of the opposing team you're on a different team we're all humans we're all people what if someone like it's just kind of like if someone drops something on the street, you're not going to pick it up. For, you're going to be like, hey, you dropped your wallet. That's well, the way I see that. Well, and I, I get it. It is like a an obvious rule. What? I feel like it's also like an obvious rule. It's like, yeah, okay, it's you're like, also like, I'm not going to give up the secrets. Yeah, but, but like, be a nice person. Like, there's a line. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you have to respect everybody. That's going to be our like, life lesson today. That crazy person on the team is like, don't assist a member of the opposing team. We'll like, to another level. Of someone like, dra- oh. drops their batting glove. You're not going to be like, hey, dude, you dropped your glove. Here you go. You're going to be like, mm, like oh, I'm dude, not going to say anything. To drop it, and then you kick, like, sand Yeah, you, like, kick sand in his face. I'm like, all right, grow up. Like, honestly, grow up. Be nice yeah. to people. Come on. Um, so, are unwritten rules stupid in summation? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a different That's take? because, like, the whole point is, like, they're unwritten rules. Like, you can I mean, I love having these want. discussions, so. Like, you, you can complain about them all you want, but, like, at the end of the day, no one's gonna be enforcing them, so it's really just a bunch of jerks sitting around yelling at each just other. Just a bunch of jerks. Thing is right. uh, um, and I think, um, like, the unwritten I mean, rules give us, like, yeah, they keep, like, Stuff like this is what keeps the game really, really interesting, and I think that it's important to have those. And I think, like, there is a younger, um, there is, like, a younger contingency in baseball right now. You know what I mean? And so I think that, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, if people kind of keep up with A lot of people were very insulted by this. I know. From what I see, um, a lot of people are very in support of this, which I love it. Like, Trevor Bauer, like, came out in support. Um, And it's fun, and it gives us something to talk about, and I think, like, but I think just, like, the important thing is, is that it's, like, not the important thing, but, like, my whole thing here is that, like, they're fun because when people do things like this, it makes the game really exciting, but, like, when people, when something like this happens, don't come at people. They're just playing baseball. They're doing their job. Like, Everybody settle down. Just just settle down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Total like on. lack of a segue here. Um, no segue. No segue. We're doing some things just, different here today, guys. Just we should be watching the Suns right now. We should, well, I'm actually watching um my Are you, I have it on too. That's why I keep kind of like slightly glancing. To I know. Out. I thought <laughs> I was like, people um, are still looking at this like it's a good game. Time. It's it's like uh, on mute in the corner. Yeah. Um, so the we're sun. just we won't talk about the Suns forever uh, because like it's kind of done and gone. I mean, whatever. I think it was a great little run. But I think it was an awesome run, and I think there was a lot of arguments to be made for like let the Suns play the play in anyways. Um, Roger Sherman on The Ringer wrote an article that was three reasons why the NBA should let them into the play-in. And one of them was, like, it, because it's fun. Because it was really fun to watch the Suns go 8-0. And, like, 
there's no rules in the bubble. Everything we're doing is so unprecedented that it doesn't really matter if we're quote unquote changing the rules because it wasn't one of the original restart rules. But I think something like this, and you can totally give me your counter argument, but it's like, there are no rules. There's no more logic. So like, let's do the fun thing and let the Suns play the play in. So here's my thing. Go. Yes. The Suns coming into the bubble really didn't stand a chance anyway. So I feel like they came in with this awesome motivation and totally kicked ass. And that's great. And it was super fun watching them and having everyone right after the game pop off on Twitter about the Suns and all, all that great stuff. But at the end of the day, this is the freaking NBA playoffs. So, I mean, is it it's the, I mean, like, it I is, think the like, reason that they did it was because they were motivated to try to get there. But you, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I mean, best I, uh, of 10, they weren't, they weren't going to do it anyway. So, I mean. Okay, yes. Okay, wait, wait, here's my counter argument. Did the Magic not just beat the Bucks though? Yeah. So, so, so there's my, that, that's my only, like, I don't think my argument or Roger Sherman's argument that I'm in support of um, is as valid if the Magic didn't just beat the Bucks. So now I'm like, that could have been the Suns. Who, the Suns, who, I mean, I don't know what their I think that if been, they but, were in the playoffs, they would keep going on a run and would inevitably. And don't you want to see that? tragic choke no I don't think it'd be a choke I think it would be a like well a well okay agree to disagree because I think it would have been like a very well fought I don't think they were gonna like a true underdog story it would have been a really good underdog story that even when it does come to an end you just feel so good about them I think so at some point whatever it's fine as much as I love the NBA mouthful I think to a point it does get a little predictable and because of that and the consistency of the NBA and what goes down in seven-game series of rounds of playoff games is, like, it, like, really, they could have just choked. They could have went all the way and then just had a really disappointing loss, which would have been super freaking entertaining. I'm not a Suns fan. That would have been great. I'm in it. We're in it for the drama. What, what do you say? I'm in it for the drama? I'm in it for the drama. But, like – and that would have been Never great, but also, like, at the end of the day, they went on this 8-0 run, and they didn't get anywhere, and, then like, not, like, I mean, that's not, like, a ton of drama, but it's just, like... No, but that sucks. Like, that sucks, sucks that they literally they won every game. Okay, but deep down, like, they knew that they weren't going anywhere. No, but they could have. That's mean, the thing that sucks, is that it's, like, it's it was so dependent on, like, not so dependent, but, like... It, it all gets whatever, like, seeded or set by, like, who how other teams do as well. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, that's rumbles, And that's why yeah. we love playoff season for sports. I know. You know what I mean? Because so, it's always, like, that half-game advantage, and then you just, yeah. like, oh, what the hell? And then it's, like, whatever, you know? That's just – that's why we love sports is because mm-hmm. you're, like, expect the unexpected. Or expect the expected. If you have no idea what's going to happen when they walk onto a court field, what have you. But. Okay. So. Playoffs. NBA. We got a bunch of games. The Suns aren't in them, but other teams are. (laughs) And we got to talk about those other teams because it's busy couple games in quarantine. 
We have game ones all around round one. We got weekday playoff basketball, best time. Uh, Bucks number one Eastern Conference. Lakers, number one Western Conference. Like I said, you got to love the freaking consistency. Um, so 10 months later, here we are, bunch of seven-game series. Lily, Bucks magic. Give me some thoughts. All right, so we're not going to, like, run through – we're not going to do every playoff magic, but there are – playoff magic. Playoff Mag- matchups because there's a lot. But we're just going to, like, hit some big points here. I am going to say that I think that the Magic are going to beat the Bucks, and the only evidence I have to substantiate that is that I no longer trust Logic um, based on the last six months of our lives. Um, I might be dead wrong. I probably am dead wrong, but the world is a crazy place right now, so if you came to me and told me, or not if you came to me and told me, but if in two weeks the Magic beat the Bucks in round one of the playoffs, I'll be like, all right. I honestly am not crazy surprised by that in the year 2020. <laughs> so here's, here's my qu- next question for you. I'm, you're so on the spot right now. Uh, Trailblazers, Lakers, are you – okay, one two-on-two basketball game, you're playing against Shaquille O'Neal and oh Kobe Bryant. What kind of question I, is this? Obviously, I lose. as your second – as you're playing, who are you taking as your second man, Carmelo Anthony or uh, LeBron James? LeBron. Okay. I just want to – I would take LeBron too. Okay. I'm only asking because there's this new resurgence in Carmelo Anthony fandom. Okay, yeah. No, I respect it. I, I just totally respect it. see what your page is on. Which, like, like, let's be clear. LeBron James too. Let's be clear. In that imaginary matchup, it would just be Shaq and Kobe versus LeBron. I would be useless. <laughs> Okay, but, okay, you're 6'5". Okay, 6'5", basketball skills version of me. I'm still taking LeBron. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Same page. Okay, NBA, great. Cleared Next. off. We're done here. That um, was so unintelligent. That's fine. Um, also, like, for you guys, so. I think, I do think, like, Raptors, Nets, the Nets are, like, super, super, super interesting to watch. But I think Nick Nurse's team – Don't even team, talk about it. Okay, okay. But can I just say, yeah. I think, like, the Nick Nurse Raptors are just freaking phenomenal. I think they're great, too, and I hope that they beat them. And it's actually pretty funny because yesterday I was bartending during the day at Local House in Island Park, uh, New York. Shout out. Um, and I found myself, like, kind of cheering for the Nets. And I was like, whoa, that was disgusting gotta stop because like I just cannot I the Raptors have to win that because I cannot have the Nets uh making the Knicks look so bad I mean do that already but I just can't I I cannot with these new Nets fans in New York um and then I also think like these all end up being like Eastern Conference matchups that we're talking about not on purpose but just by accident um Boston Philly the Boston Philly game I I just, like, it's not because I'm a Celtics fan, but just, like, watching Boston play, the individual and team chemistry that they had was just, like, stellar, and they're so fun to watch, and they're just such a talented team. I think it was awesome, and it's not that Philly's not. I just think that – I just think Boston's going to go really far. Like, I, I think Philly should really take that team. because a lot of the sports fandom in general has been feeling bad for the Boston teams. I don't really know why I feel – no type of pity. Just for you takes guys. Philly because <laughs> F you, Lily. <laughs> Here we go. And we're off. So, guys. And we're off. <laughs> we're off.
we're going to do something kind of new and interesting for you guys if you're still listening for us. Um, and we're going to introduce a new segment that we're going to do every episode now. And it is Throwing Down's Moment of the Week. And we are going to introduce to you guys moments in sports that either make you laugh, make you cry, make you angry, and whatever else you crazy people feel when you watch sports. Um, and you guys are going to go on to our social media handles, our Instagram and Twitter at throwing underscore down. And we're going to have you guys vote on these two options that we throw up at you guys. And we want you guys to let us know which one's the best. And next episode, we will induct it into our moments of fame. Yeah. Um, so we're each so. going to pick one. And then you guys decide who's was better. Here we go. Lily, do you want to go first? Because you can go. I don't, we don't, I don't know Lily's. I know Jess's, she doesn't know mine. You go first. Okay. So, like we mentioned with the opt out earlier today, Mike Conley left the bubble. Uh, Mike Conley of the Jazz left the bubble for the birth of his son on Monday. He returned on Tuesday. He's expected to come back for game three in that round one series of the Jazz versus the Nuggets. So that's my moment of the week because of that same good feel good feeling that I talked about. I think like it's kind of nice to see someone step back and prioritize something that's heartwarming. He posted a picture of um, this is like the family friendly episode of Throwing Down. It is because it's just cute. Like you know what I mean? Because no, I'm all for it. They're like he's showing mad love for his son Elijah, and he's kind of cute. I mean, babies don't like look that cute when they come out <laughs> just as like but babies like, aren't super cute, cute but this one is kind of cute so i mean that's why i liked it i thought it was heartwarming it was beautiful all and right my moment of the week it made the me re- the reason i didn't tell just mine before is because she's a far better person than i am because my favorite moment of the week was the fernando tatis jr grand slam last night <laughs> because of all the like and I'll even make it broader. It is like the the post Grand Slam discourse. Like I love the discussion. I'm so here for it. You love um, the drama. <laughs> I love the drama. I love the sports you just drama. The pot. You just stirred the pot. But I didn't tell you because yours was like a nice, really nice, heartwarming thing, and I was like, oh, I just really liked this hit. <laughs> I texted Lily about this a couple of uh, minutes before we started filming. She was probably like, God damn, I should change mine. I was like, oh, I should change mine, but there wasn't really anything else heartwarming. Uh, no, but so that's mine, and I think I really like Jess's. I just might vote for yours, anyways. Don't um, mine. Don't okay. One more thing before we sign off. Jess, did you have any tweets this week that made you laugh? Because I love laughing and I think we all need to laugh more. Yes. Okay, I found one and it's not really sports related, but it was really nice. And this is actually a little heartwarming. So I think this <laughs> this redeems me from my jerk of an answer from, the, from moments of the week. Uh, but someone tweeted, the truth is there is no good take about NYC New York City because everyone's city is is different and so is their engagement with it for some people this is just a place for some a state of mind for some a home for some a stopover for some a religion for some a love affair i don't know if i would i wouldn't call new york city a religion but i think that like personal hell that uh that was like a really nice tweet just because like i have friends that live in the city i lived there for a little while just as from there and i just think like we all have very different experiences and like i don't know i just thought that was like a really nice tweet and it was very out of the blue and i liked it okay so, 
my tweet of the week, which I, so I have to say, I like yours because um, everybody has a different opinion about New York City. I also grew up in Manhattan. I lived there for 18 years. So um, I was sick of being sexually harassed in the subway station. So I moved out to Long Island. But enough about me, my tweet of the week, um, we have to throw up for all the people watching on YouTube right now. It has, again, nothing to do with sports because Twitter's hilarious and like the list is awesome. Awesome. Um, So it says, it's a quote tweet with a, a meme picture on it. That's why I have to throw it up. And they say, when they call Uno, but you have a draw four waiting for them. Oh my God, I almost picked this one. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and it's, it's like, like Mike Wazowski. Wazowski. From Monsters, yeah. Inc. And he's like, <laughs> which is so funny because I love Uno. I play it, like, all the time. And I don't think I'm the most competitive person out there, but I'm a little competitive. And it's just so funny because, like, I love that, like, the world is all in on these, like, jokes about Uno. And it's like, <laughs> I don't just even know how many seen. people played Uno. Like, I play Uno with my friends, but I wasn't like, yo, everyone's probably playing Uno right now. Like, on a Friday night, we're all in college. Like, we should just be out. But – hilarious that was a good one I like that and I almost used it too I I saw it a few days ago and I was like I should use this and then forgot about it so I'm glad I'm really glad that you picked it um all right fans ready wait one two three no wait you did okay ready one two three all right. I don't know. Mine. I know that one was on time. That was on time. Just and I are trying okay, to clap at the same. <laughs> we're trying to clap at the same time, and it's pointless and ridiculous. So guys, everything's ridiculous, and I love it. You know what? Everything is ridiculous, and this I love episode it. had no rhyme or reason to it. But we hit a lot of things. Thanks for listening to Throwing Down, as always. Do your homework, guys. Okay, we need you to vote on the moments of the week. We really want to be more interactive with people who listen to us um, on our social media. So always drop us a comment, drop us a DM if there's anything you want us to talk about, or if you have any ideas because we're we don't know what we're doing. Because we had some people tell us uh, their thoughts on Instagram the other day, uh, and like love the hate. Like I love the drama, and I love (laughs) love that you guys are dressed enough to have the conversation. In our comments, we like you even if you don't like us. We like everybody for the most part. Um, this has been this week's episode of Throwing Down. Again, thank you for listening as always. Give us a follow on social media at throwinnog underscore down. Um, and I think that's it. Jess? It's never just sports. Thanks for watching and listening, and we will see you next week. Mic, Mic drop.